Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Osiris. Welcome to Wheels Off, a show about the messy reality of the creative life. I'm Rhett Miller. A lot of folks know Raymond Pettibone from his Black Flag album covers. That was where I first saw his work. But that was just a thing he did early in his career. And since then, it has been an incredibly varied and successful career. Um, From the Mocha to the uh, Whitney to and on and on, like he is a widely revered artist. That isn't to say that he's a household name. I would be surprised if most of you really knew who he was because that's, I guess, how contemporary art works. But also, in a way, by design. Like he, he kind of came up in the punk rock world by accident, his brother was in Black Flag, um, but he is very much uh, an outsider artist. I, and, and honestly, I'm putting words in his mouth, but but my perception of him is that he does what he does without worrying about its reception, if that makes sense. It's fascinating getting to speak to him because he is incredibly reticent. You'll hear in this interview, he gives a lot of thought to everything he says. He seems like he's very careful to be kind and not judgmental about uh, different artists' choices that they make. But, um, boy, he is is something. Uh, I hope you guys... Take a second, if you don't know his work, to go just maybe look it up before you listen to this interview. Even if you just glance at a a few things that he does, get an idea for the way his work combines um, illustration, drawing, marks with text. It's uh, inspired by comics in a lot of ways, inspired by literature it's it's its own thing and he is his own person and this interview has in it a lot of space there are a lot of pauses there is it's not the most comfortable interview in the world it was a bit tricky for me to navigate but in a way, that's what you want from Raymond Pettibone. My point is, check him out ahead of time. Give this interview a chance. 
I think there's a lot of really good stuff in here, and I'm so honored that I got to speak with the great Raymond Pettibone for Wheels Off. Welcome to Wheels Off, Raymond Pettibone. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Oh, I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm good. Thanks uh, for the edification of our listeners. From where are you joining us? I'm in New York, um, near the Brooklyn Bridge on the Manhattan side, near the East River. Nice. I like it. I hear the ambient noises. Can you tell me what creative project you're working on right now and how does it light you up if it if it does? <laughs> Just a number of straight projects, I guess you could say. I haven't been doing as as much drawing and uh, as I have been normally. Um, but uh, there's there's things in the work that are taking shape, I guess. Is it uh, the visual art that you're best known for? Are you working in different media? Is it are you trying out different stuff? Do you do you? I guess my question is, do you have a? Because it seems like you are. I don't know if you like this word or not, but it seems like you're very prolific. It seems like you're making a lot of art and i wonder do you have like a long-term plan or do you wake up in the morning and follow like you're just moment to moment instincts about what you're going to work on no i don't have any grand uh, conceptions or plans uh it's it's become almost second nature to me uh, the point is not to to amass a great amount of work that was never the point i mean i i hope um as far as my uh my intentions are that each succeeding work is going to be uh better than the last okay i mean it's not a it's not a contest i play with myself or anything but um that's that's the point of it and um but um that's what i i'm known for the the drawings and the visual work you know but uh it's not all i do i'm working in uh sometimes music uh screenwriting and uh film or videos rather um songwriting um i've been uh even on twitter you know <laughs> it is a bit of an art can you tell me about the songwriting my understanding is that you write a lot of songs and that the world hasn't really heard them. And I wonder, what do they sound like? What are they like? What is the process like? Do you write on guitar? Do you record them? Do they only exist in your head? I'm not a musician, but I, I write uh, 
lyrics and you know sometimes the music is is kind of implied but i work with other people mm -hmm. and it's it's not like uh i'm i'm uh, there's not like billboards on on uh <laughs> the strip and uh but it's not like i'm i'm purposefully hiding uh there's there's a recording we we did um he's in the 90s i guess that is gonna supposed to come out finally and i've done other uh i've done other uh records and so forth but um it's not intentionally obscure, you know, I mean, but I'm not, I'm not the Beatles or, um, I can blame it on, uh, I can blame it on the fans or the lack of them or uh, no label support, no major label support. Well, I don't have a major label. That's, uh, and that's, But uh, no, that's just how it is. That's that's uh, that's the case with a lot of a lot of bands and uh, whatever form of art you're making. You know, there's no guarantees about. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's it's no more of a a hobby project than my drawings and writings, but. I'm not a marketer and uh, I, the way, I, the way I see it, you know, I'll do the, I'll do the work, but I'm not, and it can find its own position in, in the marketplace or whatever the, the audience. I wonder, cause you do seem like you work in um, a number of, genres a number of media one thing i really love about um your visual work is the way you incorporate text like i really feel that like the the dimension that that adds is is just so moving um and i couldn't see why you would be a good writer or even a good songwriter i wonder as you're doing those is there one medium that brings you joy and another medium that you feel like you have to do because you're good at it do they all provide do, do any of them provide joy or are you doing them because you feel like this is just the thing that you do i wonder about your driving force is that too open-ended of a question no it's all right uh i think it's largely one of the same you know it's not uh I don't know. I don't know the. I I put it as as joy. I mean, I I suppose. It's not. Uh, I don't. I'm not incredibly elated while I'm doing them or anything. But it's not. It's not a chore, and. Uh, uh, either and. Uh, 
So I think there's a affinity between the the art I make, which is relies upon image and, and words. And it's not a big jump from that to to do songs, you know? I mean mm-hmm. there's there's songwriters who do it all themselves, you know, but then you know, Cole Porter or whoever. But then there's Rogers and Hart or Rogers and Hammerstein or uh Coffin uh, King. Lennon McCartney. Yeah, sure. And the same with making films or videos. The visuals are and the words. And I've I've never been entirely successful at making do with one and not the other. Although I I don't think there's really any point to it, you know, in, in my case, it's what I do. Yeah. It comes up a lot on, on during these conversations that I've been having over the last few years about people um, who create art uh, as part of their life. The idea that when you go into the creation of your thing, trying to calculate what the marketplace is going to want and pander to the marketplace that inevitably that stink of desperation ruins whatever the thing is that you're trying to make right like the calculation itself ruins the the finished product and i was really excited to speak with you because i feel like of all the artists that i admire you seem to most openly um uh, I don't know, turn your nose up at the idea of just trying to suck up to the marketplace. Does that, does that make, does that sound right? I, I wonder about what it is that drives you and what are your thoughts on the idea of cre- creation as a part of pan, as a, as a means of pandering? Uh, I'm not ideologically or politically against it. I do think you're right. I think you animated that the attempt to do that can have a um, comes with consequences. I guess it doesn't have to be. There's no essential reason it does, but to to put it in crass terms, to to pander to the marketplace. Um, I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's been uh, great work done with that in mind. I mean, there's no reason why not, but in my case, it doesn't, um, for instance, you know, for one thing there, I don't know, there was a, a perspective market. I kind of had to create my own, you know, and, um, which goes back to fanzines and uh, do it yourself. And um, and in the art world, the gallery and museum world, there really wasn't uh, uh, drawings themselves was not uh, a medium you worked in as an end. You know, it was Painters would draw uh, not 
but they would just be a part of making the, their, their painting or the sculpture or whatever. Yeah. And so, um, I never, there's kind of an ambiguous, um, in, in my mind, you know, of, of some ghost-like presence or specter, you know, of, of, of an audience, which I don't, I don't, I'm really not in, in, uh, terms with, you know, personally, conversationally, of getting feedback and so forth. I don't, uh, I don't know what the public wants, you know, I don't go to conventions <laughs> or meet and greets and I don't even keep up with, uh, the, the market in the sense of, uh, prices and so forth. That's not, you know, that's not to, I'm not putting that as some ideal for everyone. It's just, uh, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's just my, it's in my constitution, you know, my, my body, my mind. Do you remember when you realized that this is what you were going to do when you were a kid? I I would imagine, was there an epiphany moment for you? Yeah, there was. Um, I was, um, well, I didn't, I didn't go to art school for one. So it, I wasn't on a, uh, a track to, um, uh, um, uh, a career move and, you know, art is like, uh, it's much like any other career, really. It's become so anyway, uh, with professionalism and uh, uh, grooming, you know, and art school and so forth, which I'm not against at all. But in my case, it, that wasn't, well, it wasn't the case. And uh, I was studying economics and I don't know that had a had an effect in itself on um, my adversity to uh, the marketplace. Like I said, it's not political ideological. I mean, UCLA is very at the time anyway is very uh, market oriented. You know, free market, and which is fine, but. Uh, it probably, maybe, perhaps, I don't know. I mean, I had other interests already. My interests were more in uh, art and literature, especially literature. And um, uh, I think perhaps, you know, the, I don't know if there's any signal, signal uh, point or clear cause for it, but um, to, to make art of, 
of the sort I do with words and images, it didn't come out of that of a vacuum either. I was doing um, editorial type political cartoons, and that probably, which is is much different than what I do now, but. Um, that probably had something to do with it. And um, I had, um, an interest in, uh, beyond that, Goya and uh, Blake and, um, and I, I just did my own versions of that with what meager skill I had. <laughs> um, I know that you, from what I know about you, I, I understand that you read voraciously, and I, what a lot of people know about you is, you know, the way that you first came to prominence sort of as a, as part of the punk rock scene. I just wonder out of curiosity for my own sake, what kind of stuff do you like to read and what kind of music do you like to listen to? And do you listen to music while you work? Not so much while I work. Um, sometimes, I mean, there, it, uh, I guess it's more incidental or um, not ambient, especially, but I don't, it doesn't bother me one way or another. You know, I, I like listening to music, of course, but. Uh, it it's separate from the work um not to say that it doesn't influence the work uh, growing up with uh, even even my generation with uh with the beatles and uh rock music and um and then punk and it was it was uh, hard not to be influenced by by that but um in actual work i don't know it's a, it's a separate thing really And and um, are there any books you're loving right now? Is there is there? Do you read literature primarily? Poetry? Do you read genre fiction? Mm -hmm. I haven't reading that much lately for a few years. Um, yeah, there's uh, you can you can see it in the the. Work itself, it uh, that that as well doesn't come out of the vacuum. It doesn't start with a blank page so much, you know, because you're um, especially my work is is part of it is being immersed in uh, writing and and reading and literature 
And um, that's part of the process. Um, whenever I talk to uh, an artistic person, whether they're a musician, uh, painter, um, visual artist, uh, novelist, whatever, everybody that I've spoken to deals with some version of um, internally generated obstacles, the demons that we all sort of create inside of ourselves that get in the way of us making our art. I wonder for you, if you could tell us what you've figured out um, as a strategy for getting past those internally generated obstacles. Mm. I don't, I don't know what they would be though. Um, not, not everything is in, in my life is, goes into perfecting my work or not that there is such a thing as that, but, um, um, obstacles, you mean self-imposed or? Sure, like self, like things that have come up, self-doubt, imposter syndrome, success, guilt, you know, the kind of things that the voices in our head that tell us that we suck or the voices in our head that tell us that the world doesn't need this thing we're making. I just wonder, I mean, there was one person I spoke to who said they don't deal with those. <laughs> I'm not sure I believed him, but. Yeah, but there's there's as as many there's so many obstacles if you let it get to you coming from outside that that uh, that overwhelms it. like I said if you let it um, I don't that you don't have the the luxury of having self-doubts or self-imposed obstacles, probably. Um, I don't... Uh, making art for me is... is it's part of the world, okay? You know, I live in the, the world as a... a there's there's more to my life than making art and uh, but um, in the in the act of making art it's it's more of a internal thing and uh, it it's an interior space so you're not affected by you know the the dog can be uh, yowling or somebody uh, or the the wrong music or whatever those things don't bother me you know because i've had to i haven't had a pristine uh, studio or um getting away to woodstock or the hamptons or whatever so I can't afford to let that kind of thing get to me. And um, beyond that, um, 
there's there's artists, there's writers. God knows there's musicians who who uh, have trouble with their publishers, with their agents, with their record companies, etc. But I'm I'm rather um, um, that's not that doesn't have have much to do with with my work or my life really. Um, I know that you have collaborated with people on, on different things over the years, but I wonder if you get the sense that you are part of some sort of a community. I mean, do you feel like there are other artists who are your contemporaries and do you interact with them or is your world of making your art a very singular, you know, lo not lonely, but like, are you alone in this sort of space? There's, there's much less of a community or network of, in my case, and there is in, um, well, even in, even in painting or, or writing poetry, there's, there tends to be more of a community, you know, whether, uh, whether it's in Paris or the New York uh, abstract expressionists or, or whatever, you know, the, um, I don't, I don't really have that or I, ne I never, um, there's there's different communities that, that grow out of school, whether as a student or as a teacher or teacher-student. Um, there's also a musician and let's say one-man band, you know, there's that, there's that as well. Have you ever been a teacher? Well, I I taught um, yeah LA Unified, which is uh, uh, junior high and high school in the uh, early eighties. Wow, a couple of years, and uh, I taught. Uh, um, a little here and there are, but uh, that's not, I manage, I not intending to avoid it. <laughs> uh, um, I like teaching you know, theoretically anyway. And, but it's not something I've had to do. Yeah. And if you look at poets, for instance, or or writers, uh, it's an economic necessity, if, if nothing else. Uh, no, so there, but on the other hand, it doesn't have to be peers or 
yeah, I do collaborations and I, I love doing that. But there, there isn't like a, a school or group around me, you know? But it doesn't have to be living uh, prescient beings either. I mean, uh, my relationship, it also uh, encompasses writers or artists who are long dead. You know, you can be very influenced by whoever from whatever century long ago. Um. I appreciate you doing this. I know talking about art is is weird, and um, I feel like so much of, especially your art, it really speaks for itself, you know. And um, it's like for me, the uh, whenever I or someone in my job gets up and says this song is about, and then goes on to describe what the song you're about to hear is about, it's like the worst thing you can do because the whole point of the song is to tell you what it's about. Anyway, my point is, I, I know that talking about this stuff can be weird. And I, I appreciate you giving me the time. I wonder if you would be willing to um, to try and sort of distill some of this wisdom if you were to imagine a 21-year-old version of yourself, but in today's world, and you ran into yourself and you were going to try and give yourself some advice, 21-year-old you in 2022, what advice might you give yourself? Say, say you had to give yourself some advice, because I know it's easy to say that you wouldn't do it. No, I mean, I, I love the idea of it. It, it. it comes with it, though, that there's a frustration that um, it's not, there isn't, uh, I can't point the way, do this and do that, and that'll, and as much as I could, I, I would help. And I, I do at times. I don't know if it amounts to any, but um, if I had to, aside from do the opposite of what I've done, you know, with, there's, there's a little <laughs> truth. Because I don't know if I, I think we, we kind of intimated on it before already that I wasn't, um, career-minded or with a great motive or plan. But um, the main thing is I think I think a lot of uh, young artists and artists out of art school and or whatever the field may be, they um, they think there's some crass uh, shortcut or um, meeting the right people, and I think actually, you know, that I'm, that can help. You know, I mean, to to go out there and meet people, and uh, rather than be shy and retiring and disappear, you know, like I've probably done. But um, I think this, this as well touches on what we were talking about that don't think of career goals 
it's it comes down to the work itself you know and that's what should be prominent and doesn't have to uh, include every you know uh, careerism or anything but uh, uh, careerism is is like pushing a string you know it uh, <laughs> for every who uh, nowadays I think the tension is has uh, driven from uh, artists and uh, musicians even but more to uh, in popular opinion uh, to CEOs and to you know when when someone's is worth trillion dollars okay that draws attention and um, not easy to repeat what Elon Musk did or um, Bill Gates you know there there's uh, people go to school for that they go to seminars you know they go to Trump University for Christ's sake you know <laughs> and you're not gonna you're just gonna get your your money taken from you and uh, it's gonna be a another waste of time and you're gonna wake up telling you know I should have been doing something else because um, I mean I'm, I'm I shouldn't be talking about success anyway because it hasn't meant anything to me and uh, no, I'm not against that either. Uh, there's that whole ethos of uh, the the punks, you know, selling out, and that that is uh, is not uh, positive at all. I don't think. But chasing success, you know, you're if you're born into it, if you you grow up. Uh, uh, Papa Trump's favorite son, or now there's generations of them, then uh, you get a head start, okay? I mean, he, and I'm not going on an anti-Trump diatribe, okay? I mean, who cares? But this is just a, it's an example, you know, to make the point that um, the, the great success story uh, you know, aside from his, that he became president, okay, um, all these, uh, he was born into it, and uh, if anything, he he lost his fortune, and, and if you look at the, the CEOs, the people in in Congress, they they all have uh, just about you know they have uh, MBAs from Harvard Business School or Law School or uh, etc. There's not we don't live uh, 
I'm off for the idea of meritocracy, you know? But uh, that only goes so far and life isn't fair and rather than um, I'm an unlikely person to model yourself after, you know, as this is a, this is a success story to follow. <laughs> it's a very likely way to, you know, well, I'm on the, the top, the 57th floor, um, which means nothing, you know, you, you'd, uh, you might be surprised, probably not about my life, how little it has to do with the, the trappings of, success to me it still comes down to the work itself that should be should mean something and uh, I don't know that's advice people want to hear uh, I, I think it's it's unnecessary advice to the right people who are going to make it about their work anyway whether I give them the approval or the nod it is often nice to have it, um, you know, validated by someone you admire. I, I told a handful of friends today, uh, musicians and painters, that uh, I was going to speak with you. And 201, they were all ecstatic. You know, you 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 are very beloved by a lot of a lot of folks in the artistic community. And I think the fact that you make a point to say that it's about the work. I mean, I just, uh, I think you can't, that can't be said enough. So I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate the time. Uh, I love my audience too. I mean, it's, it's to me, it's like a, a miracle that I have. Um, and I don't, I don't, I, that I have anyone, you know, cause I, so many of my years of my life, you know, like there really wasn't one. I mean, my mom kind of, you know, <laughs> father or as it turns out not my brother for Christ's sakes <laughs> no but I don't take that for granted and uh, it's it's not like I, I deal with that in my mind or in in my practice you know we, we went over that it's not it's kind of an abstract thing but when it's made more than abstract and even through Zoom, that someone tells me that I have a, a, an appreciative audience. You know, it's it's nice to hear. Better than a sharp stick. Um, well, Raymond, listen, I I really appreciate this, and I I I'm a big fan of your work. I I'm going to in the introduction. I'm going to encourage um, folks to maybe even before they listen, if they're not super familiar just to go dive in because I don't, I don't really know of anybody else that does anything like what you do. I find it so affecting in a lot of, a lot of ways. I think of you almost as much a poet as a visual artist. And um, I just, I really appreciate this. And I hope at some point our paths cross in real life. And uh, thank you so much for joining me on wheels off today. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Wheels Off. Please be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes. That helps us appear higher in the search results and lets other folks know that it's a cool podcast to listen to. Also, 
As the kids say, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere else that you listen to shows like this so that you never miss an episode. This has been Wheels Off, and I'm Rhett Miller, encouraging you to create every day. Thanks, y'all. Osiris. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there.